You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. On a Friday, the brass is so ridiculous. How do you know it's Friday? Sometimes there's so much administrative nonsense with the show that I forget about some of the administrative nonsense, How like Fiesta Friday. Like Fiesta Friday. We really got to try our best to have some fun today, even though the Canucks just probably had their worst loss of the season and things are not going particularly well for the team. People this, this need song it. was playing the in the locker room it. last night when they came in after the loss. Yeah. Like, you gotta understand. Talk game in and turn the music down. <laughs> <laughs> no Fiesta for anyone. It's not Fiesta Friday yet. Um. <laughs> give, give me that sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta understand what we're juggling here. It's like the hockey. He's got the sombrero. On. Yeah. <laughs> it looks With the most like it looks sad looking face. No bueno. I'm picturing no. like Celebrity Jeopardy when Will Ferrell grabs the big hat from yeah. Burt Reynolds. A... JT Miller's got the margarita machine going. He has to stop mid-mark. Do you understand how much stuff we're juggling right now? The hockey team's in disarray. There's the Pedersen trade stuff. It's Fiesta Friday. He's wearing a sombrero. We got to give away Cobb. We got like hot cross buns because we got to do a Cobb's read at some point. We're giving so... them away though. Pardon? We're not giving them away. You're giving them away. Andy came in this morning with a sack of hot cross buns. <laughs> Sir, would you like some hot cross buns? I'm trying to do some work, and A-Dog's like, you want a hot cross bun? I like, didn't expect to... that this morning. Yeah, you have to do the uh, impression with A-Dog, mouth full of hot cross buns. Just like, holding up a bag yeah. to me. Yeah, these things. He's like, <laughs> with the sack of hot cross buns? And then he offered it to me. I was like, why is there only one bun in the uh, sack? We do have Nick Kiprios on the phone, by the way. I know. He needs to know how, what he's getting himself into here. <laughs> yeah, Alfred, yeah. And Bruff, Alfred and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer. Today, as mentioned, Nick Kiprios is going to join us in just a moment. The highlight of Hour 1. Hour 1 is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling. They recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Uh, You hear him daily on this station, uh, host of the Kipper and Bourne Show. Uh, Nick Kiprios joins us now on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Kipper. How are you? What's going on, boys? Keep going. I, I was very highly entertained. Yeah, thanks. There's a lot going on here. We're one of the, yeah, we've got we we don't have a very like long attention span. We tend to jump around a lot. We've got a lot of things we need to get into as it just pertains to the local hockey team, beginning with Elias Pettersson. A couple questions on this to ask you, but first, uh, what have you heard or what are you hearing on the seemingly never-ending and constantly developing saga? That is uh, Elias Pettersson, the Canucks, and now, I guess, in part, the Carolina Hurricanes. What are you hearing on this front? Uh, outside of, uh, you know, what everybody else has uh, heard, I, I just think that there's a tremendous amount of uh, friction and impatience right now on, uh, on the decision-making of, uh, of, of Pettersson. So uh, I think that there's a contract on the table. I think it's an absolute huge contract in the vicinity of uh, $90, $96 uh, million. And I, I think there's a, there's a, a, a real full court press on PD to sign it or give us the indication that you want out. 
it's uh, it's pick one. Um, do you think the Canucks used the Carolina interest or trade offer, whatever it was, um, as a way? Like, do do you think they they were like, oh, we can use this, or do you think they were? kind of like honestly going to Pedersen and and saying, listen, man, like if you're not going to commit to us, we have to have a plan B and this could be it. Or can it be a bit of both? Can it be both honest and a bit of a threat? Uh, Yeah. Listen, when, when you, when you got a full court press on a guy, uh, you want to send different messages for sure. I, I can't believe for one second that we have, the ability between now and and Friday to just wake up and all of a sudden Petey's uh, Carolina hurricane here. So I, I think I think there were messages sent, um, and I think if word got out, whether it was leaked, um, you know, on purpose or not, I think there's just messages being sent uh, that that include. If you're not committed, if your heart's not here, then I got to start looking elsewhere now. So I think if anything happened in the last 24, 48 hours, uh, it's it's crystal clear that you know Jim Rutherford, uh, you know Patrick Alvin, they they've got options here if in fact his heart's not in it. But they will not allow, and I believe this has already been said to him, we will not allow this situation to drag out, and then be painted in a corner like the Calgary Flames were with mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk. Um, do you do the Canucks need to get a real answer on whether or not Petey's heart is truly with them before they they actually do get that contract signed? Like, you know, I I I, I would I would hate for um, them to commit that much money, what might be the largest contract in Canucks franchise history to a guy that ends up signing it by saying like, okay, fine. Uh, that's, I think, the ultimate thing that uh, the Canucks are trying to find out. And there, there is a level of frustration because I am not sure what has been said or articulated back to them in terms of where his head or his heart truly is. And he's got rights. And right now he's just exercising his rights as a guy that isn't ready to put his signature on a contract. I don't think for one second that the Canucks truly know why. Is it money? Is it uh, uh, playing in Canada? Is it the market? Too much pressure? Do you want to go into a a smaller market where there's not uh, the, the scrutiny or, or the magnifying glass uh, that you're under, like give us something. And right now I, I don't think, I don't think they're, they're getting many answers right now, which again leads to the frustration of the Canucks. We are speaking to Nick Kiprio, Sportsnet NHL analyst, host of the Kipper and Bourne show on uh, Fan 590 in Toronto here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, so, Kipper, on the ice, this is without a doubt the worst stretch of the season for the Vancouver Canucks. February was bad. Just five wins in total, just three in regulation in 13 games. So we talked about the team needing to face some adversity. Well, they certainly got it, and it's been extended. Uh, within a room, you know, from your playing days and your history of playing on teams – 
How does a coach or the leadership group go about saying, like, guys, we're in it right now. We're up against it. We're going to find our way out of this because, you know, all teams go through stretches like this in a season. But how do you relay that message and get the guys to truly believe it? Because um, confidence can be a fragile thing in professional sports, and especially when things aren't going your way. Yeah. Well, I think first from a coaching staff, and this is Rick Tockett, you know, you heard his comments last night, uh, egregious uh, mistakes. So first and foremost, you got to address it through video or uh, practice the next day. And all of a sudden, are we giving up the blue line too easily? The access uh, coming into our zone? Like there, there's, there's the technical part of it. And I think that has to be a, a top priority for the coaching staff is to go back and say, okay, why are we, why are we giving up the blue line so, so quickly here in uh, the, the, the lack of confidence, uh, the bad pinching, uh, all of that sort of stuff needs to kind of get revisited. But after that, you know, once you're into uh, losers of five or six or seven of eight, uh, there has to be a feeling like uh, we, we've got to come together here and, uh, you know, even if it is uh, us against the world, whatever you need to do to, to bring the group together and say, listen, we, we, we put ourselves in this hole together. We will get out of it together. But I do believe that, you know, stretches of, of like, like this over the course of history has been nothing but a good thing for hockey clubs in the big picture. Like you can't go 82 games and just feel like, um, you know, everything's rosy. You have to, your confidence has to get messed up a little bit. So, so you can learn how to get it back. And that, that works for you in the playoffs because it's a shorter window where you just feel like you can't do anything right for game one or game two. And then you have to find it in game three and game four. So the adversity I believe in that can bring a group together. And, uh, and that's what has to happen with the Vancouver Canucks. They didn't all of a sudden, uh, go from a, a top team over 50 games to, hey, we can't do anything right. We're we're no good. Like, that just doesn't happen. It, it happened with the Edmonton Oilers at the beginning of the season. They got themselves out of it to the point where they won 17 <laughs> or 16 games in a row, whatever that number is. And now they're, they're, they're somewhere in between. And that's the same thing for the Vancouver Canucks. Are they the best team in the league? Maybe, maybe not. But they're certainly not the worst. So just Find, find that comfort zone uh, in between and get yourselves ready for, for game one in the playoffs. Uh, Kipper, I do want to ask you about the Leafs. Um, they brought back Ilya Labushkin, so that's, what, one right-shot defenseman that they've got available to them right Two. now? Mitch Marner. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so so they, they they did that. Labushkin, who's already had a stint with the Leafs, he's back. Didn't cost the Leafs much. Um how much more do you expect from Bradshaw Living before the March 8th deadline? Yeah, yeah, a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I appreciate uh, Labushkin as a depth guy, but third-pairing guy and arguably maybe the seventh defenseman if, you, if, you, uh, if your defense looks more like uh, the Vegas Golden Knights or the Florida Panthers, <laughs> you know, but it's not the case. So... Uh, he's got to go out there and he's got to continue to get better. And uh, Tanov, no team in the league needed Tanov more than the Toronto Maple Leafs 
and that includes the Dallas Stars who got him. Uh, and, you know, there is a drop-off between Tanev and everybody else, including Labushkin, but I, I think he's got to pull a rabbit out of his hat here uh, between now and Friday to to make people believe that the, the Leafs can get to, to a conference final. Kipper, I know you got a busy morning ahead of you, so with that, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this today. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy all the games this weekend. Let's do this again soon. You bet, guys. Anytime, okay? Yeah, Thanks. it's great. Thanks. We appreciate it. That's Nick Kiprios uh, from the Kipper and Bourne Show right here on Sportsnet. Uh, Sportsnet NHL analyst and former NHLer joined us here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. It's funny. I almost He was up against it for time, so we had to let him go. But he was saying, you know, maybe the Vancouver Canucks aren't the best team in the NHL. The follow-up question I wanted to have is, who is the best team in the NHL right now? Because, well, it's not the Canucks. No, but you know what's funny? <laughs> it's not the Canucks. You know what's funny about the fact that they muddled their way through February? Yeah. They are one point away from being the first place team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You know who the first place team in the NHL is right now? Mm, is it Florida? It's the Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats to the Florida Panthers, the new first place team in the uh, NHL. It's Ask Us Anything Friday, and Laddie, by the way, is just uh, getting to work on cutting some audio from the 32 Thoughts podcast. So we'll see what Freege has to say about the Pedersen situation, the latest from Frege. Um Colton in Nanaimo has an Ask Us Anything. Are we starting to rethink the Lindholm trade? He's been egregious. <laughs> I wouldn't quite call him egregious. Uh, in fact, I thought in the Boston game he played really well, and we all know that he's had a couple of two-goal games for the Vancouver Canucks, but yeah, these last two games, I haven't even noticed them. I, I don't know what the spot is for Lindholm on this team. So if you ask me, am I starting to rethink the Lindholm trade? Starting to rethink it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, don't 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 you have to at this point? Now people will push back and say, you know, this is why they got him in there with plenty of time to find him a role. But to push back on that... Um, you know, there were people in Calgary that said this is not the same guy that had that terrific season two years ago with Kachuk and Gaudreau on his wings. Like, he has not been the same player. He hasn't been producing. And in Vancouver, that that was kind of in the back of our minds the whole time. But we were like, no, 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 with better players, surround him with better players, better situation. Calgary stinks. Vancouver's on top of the league. He'll rediscover his passion. He'll, he'll rediscover his game. I just don't think they've found a spot for him. Like they don't, you know, there there are times when it looks like, oh, maybe he'll have a spot here. Like think of the two things that 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 we've we've hoped for with him that have offered a little bit of hope. First of all, it was the Swedish line with uh, Hoaglander and 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 Pedersen. Like, well, maybe it'll be there. And then they dropped him down to three C and. It kind of looked good against, uh, I believe that was against the Bruins. You're like, maybe it's there. And then and then these last two games, um, we're kind of like, well, it's, I don't know where it is because I haven't seen Lindholm. Has he been playing these games? Has he been, has he been part of them? He just has not been involved in these games at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not regretting or second-guessing the trade because, I mean, personally – I kind of expected there to be a wobble at some point this season. And when they made the deal, I remember thinking, okay, this is designed 
in part to make sure that the wobble doesn't come after March 8th when you'd make the deal at the deadline. And then you've got a 11 or 12 game stretch where it's like, this doesn't look good. We're also running out of time. Um, <laughs> that would be, pro- that would be problematic. I think Lindholm's a good player. I'm hesitant to say he's a great player. Are you I- confident that the Canucks are going to find a spot for him? Though? Yes. Yes. Where's where would you where would you bet as your fourth line center? <laughs> well, that's that's you're like that's I'm still spot. optimistic. That's a spot that he'll be the fourth line center. I that's Come a on, spot. Man. That's Come a on, spot. Man. What? Well, that's not important. That's not important enough for a player of Lindholm's. Well, just don't um, tell him it's the fourth line. Like, yeah, just be like, don't worry you're about the, where you're you the are. It's diminishing the importance of a four C. <laughs> Elias, we're going for Not something me. special here. We're going to make me. this the best fourth line in the league. Really, you're going to be like a first line. Just because you're all the he, way down. Okay, here's the thing. Your ice time's diminished. When he beca- when he was acquired, um, I, there was <laughs> there was a lot of people calling him like the Swedish Army knife. Like he's got the versatility to do a lot of different things and play in a lot of different positions. I think in terms the of Swedish Army knife only has a foon and a uh, or a, foon, a spoon and a fork on it. They call it a foon. Technically, it is not a, a spork. Not a spork. A foon. In Sweden, it's a foon. <laughs> you you have a foon. Um, no and the weird here. thing is, is I think in terms of characteristics and skill set, I actually do think he's versatile. I think he can do a lot of different things. The most puzzling part right now is that despite having the versatility, it's not fitting everywhere. Do you get it's what I'm saying? It's not fitting anywhere. Yeah, but it's it, but it, in theory, it should. Like he's in good. Theory. He's a good net front guy. Mm-hmm. He can tip pucks with very high acumen. He's got really good hockey IQ. He's good on draws. He's a right-handed centerman. Like I just named six things right there that should make him a good fit. That should be a guy that where you're like, he's a plug-and-play guy, but for some reason or another, it's not really working. And that's the befuddling part. I not- like this. Yeah. He's texted into the Dunbar Lumber text line. He's turned from a Swedish army knife to a flathead screwdriver real quick. Well, okay, the other part, <laughs> yeah, the other part of this is let's not do revisionist history. Acquiring Lindholm also got rid of the Kuzmenko problem. That's part of this. Kuzmenko was a problem. A bigger problem than Lindholm is right now. Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't you didn't you couldn't play him and you didn't and Taki just flat out didn't trust him. Yeah. Like on the surface, if you were to say to talk it right now, and I know there's more facets to it with Bruce Davids and the first round pick and everything, but if you were to say who would you prefer to have in your lineup right now, Kuzmenko or Lindholm? He'd say Lindholm ten times out of ten, right? Uh yeah, he's yeah. gotta be a positive though, man. He's gotta be a, like did you watch the game last night? I'm just wondering, you're being quite positive about you're being quite optimistic. You're just not worried? What who was being optimistic about it? What what of the last little bit that I said that was overwhelmingly optimistic? That you think the Lindholm will be fine. No, I didn't say that. I think he's a good player. And it should oh, work, and it's did. not working. You sound too chipper. Be more dour. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, we've got Elliot Freeman. I'm not trying to create a panic here. I'm just, you, no, it's okay. You, you, you just seem to. No, it's not, not you. I'm talking talking to Halford. The exact like, thing that I laid no, out I'm was like, you create the, a panic. Yeah, the only, no, the only thing that, like, it was asked, like, are you starting to rethink it? And I'm not saying, like, don't confuse me on this. I'm not. I'm not at full regret yet. But if you're it's partial like, regret, I'm dabbling full in regret. regret. I'm at half mast regret, right? Like I'm at half mast too. <laughs> so, like you, you asked me, are are you starting to rethink it? I'm headed down that trail. 
I'm going to start to rethink it when, if they get eliminated in the first round. And I'll be like, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. And Lindholm doesn't get a point. Yeah. Just me. Yeah, he goes, he's a healthy scratch in game three. I'm like, maybe, just maybe it didn't work out. But. Lindholm signs with another team. The Canucks have just been swept in the first round. And Halford's like, you know what? You know, like, you know that trade thought. Like, what? wasn't so it, good. You notice the Canucks don't have a first round draft pick this year? Like, wait, yeah. Wow, I'm starting to regret that trade. Here's Elliot Friedman on the most recent 32 thoughts. Uh, Laddie trimmed it down a little bit. Um, a lot. Friedman, it was like 15 minutes off the top of oh, Pedersen. Really? Okay. Yeah. Here's Friedman on uh, the PD situation. Pedersen is well within his right to say, I'm not ready for this yet. Then there is the organization and what it thinks is best for it. And Nick Kiprios made a, a really good analogy on Thursday night in our Arizona-Toronto pregame. He brought up the name Matthew Kachuk. And if you'll remember, a couple of years ago, Kachuk went into the summer with the Flames and said, look, I'm going to play out my last year, but I'm not signing. And what happens from here on in is up to you. Pedersen's contract is up, but he has another year as a restricted free agent before he becomes a UFA. And I got to think that on some level, the Vancouver Canucks are looking at what happened to the Calgary Flames one province over. And look, he's a great player. They're a real good team. They could win the Stanley Cup this year. And I think some of it is the noise. I don't think there's any doubt on that, uh, Pedersen admitted to Ian McIntyre in a really good article on Sportsnet.ca that the noise was bothering him a little bit. I mean, how can you not be human? Rick Tockett has talked about he feels that the noise is affecting him. I believe that the Canucks management feels that way too. And they want to know what their situation is going to be not only this year, but into the future. So I, I think that's kind of why we are where we are right now is Vancouver, the right of the individual is Pedersen saying, I'm not ready. But what the team is saying is we can't wait any longer. We need to know the answer. Elias Pedersen, he's just not ready. <laughs> You're listening to the best You're of Halford listening and to the best of Halford and Bruff. We've got some more Elliot Friedman audio to play from the 32 Thoughts podcast. And, um, and we already played a little bit, but Laddie's gone through the rest of it. And this tidbit is very interesting. Teams know when a player wants or doesn't want to be there. I think in this particular case, the Canucks want more clarity. I, I it, it, it's Pedersen is is a really interesting guy in the sense that he's very good at keeping a lot of his feelings to himself. I think a lot of people like I understand that when it, the news got out that he was considering extending. I think some of his teammates were really surprised because it's not what they expected. So if the players feel that way, then how does the management feel? And I just think they, 
They want it, it, what's what someone said to me that, that this one's unique in the sense that generally people have a good feel for where everybody stands by this point in the season. And the other thing too is Jeff, like we've been talking about Philly and Sealer and Walker. That's a negotiation. This hasn't even really been a negotiation because Pedersen's wanted to wait, which makes this even more unique. So if you missed it there, um, it was Elliot saying when the news came out that PD was considering that extension, players on the Canucks were surprised by that. Mm -hmm. And you know how I went to press row the other day? For the Boston game, yeah, that was part of the gossip that I obviously didn't bring to the show. But now that Elliot's put it out there, now I'm putting it out there. You know, I did hear. I was like a guy. I was a total guy. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Yeah, give me the juicy stuff, guys. I'm only going to be here once. Tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a few people did mention that the players on the team were like, eh, I don't know if he's coming back. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I think. Look, there's a. L- uh-oh, this was, you gave me a look. Yeah, because this was an inevitability. You're bringing it today. I think it was a bit of naivete on the part of Pedersen to think that you could say, I'm just not going to talk about this all season and we'll address it in the off season and <laughs> let my agents deal with it. But Do you I, think even his agents were like, uh, PD, this isn't going to work? They probably, well, I mean, I know, and I've talked to enough agents and I know enough agents that they're, they're they basically tell the clients whatever they need to hear to keep them happy, mm-hmm. right? They'll be like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And in the background, they're like, there's no way we're going to be able to do that. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you tell as, the guy. As long as we hang in there for our fee because he's going to sign somewhere. Right. And then the other part of it is you always can fall back on it. Remember this because this stretches into all aspects of life. You can always fall back on it. It's like, well, the situation changed. We had the best intentions going into it. But circumstances evolved and they changed. Yeah. And that's, it's a fair, fair explanation as to why things aren't how I initially thought they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened here. Everyone was like, yeah, sure. Give him until the off season. He wants to focus on hockey. That sounds great. Give the kid his, uh, his space and his, you know, he doesn't want distractions. He plays better when there's no distractions and help. Now. Now there's a bunch of distractions and he's not playing well. And he could be like, see, I told you. I told you that I, would, I did better when there wasn't anything hanging over my head. And I could just focus on hockey. Mm-hmm. All these things can be true. What you heard on Press Row, the trade, potential trade to Carolina, all of the stuff that we're hearing, it may all be true. And that's why the situation is complex and convoluted is because there's so many different pieces to it. Well, the players on the Canucks probably, well, there might be a few guys that are tight with PD, but there might be a lot of them that, don't really talk to him about his situation and are guessing probably not as much as we are, mm-hmm. but still guessing. Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. It's time for 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 Dolly. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. 801 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. 
Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech. To the phone lines we go, the dispatch plumbing, heating, and air conditioning hotline. The first line, the only, the first call, the only call. This call goes to Rick Dollywall here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? How you doing, boys? How you doing? Uh, we're okay. I think we're in better shape than the Vancouver Canucks are right now. Was that their worst game of the season, Rick? I will tell you this. If management uh, isn't concerned, they should be now. Uh, I would be shocked if they're not concerned, Jason, because this is 1-5-1 and one in their last six. They're pretty lucky, too, because the top teams in the West and in their division are kind of just like them around the 500 mark in the last 10, 15 games. And they better get it together because Sunday in Anaheim, Okay, that one could be an easy one. But after that, they got the Kings again, then Vegas, Winnipeg, and Colorado. What's concerning to me is Talkett is saying the same thing in the postgame every time. We got six, seven guys. Their game's not there. He's not talking about the bottom half of the roster. He's talking about Pedersen, Lindholm, McKeev, uh, Hughes, and Aronik. He's talking about the top guys. And, it, it, you know, he's talking about the superstars. You know, the Kings played their third game in four nights. They outworked and outskated the Canucks. Canucks had three shots on goal in the first period, eight shots halfway through the game. Look at the giveaways by the top players. Pedersen on the second goal. On the fourth goal, Pedersen got his pocket picked by Kopitar. Hughes got caught pinching. Besser wasn't great on the back check. Fifth goal was Miller. That's the top players, not the bottom six guys. The top players. That's got to be concerning to management right now. And, and, you know, and this is a question we've been talking about all week on the show is Demko playing too much. Kings got five goals on 20 shots. That's 11 of the last 13 games he has started. So the biggest concern for the coaching staff and management, it's the star players. It's not the bottom half of the roster that is struggling right now. So if your management and the trade deadline is approaching and the playoff, what do you do about it? Well, you poke, you, you, you poke, you do what they're doing, Jason, making calls. But I, I'm not sure. Like I know the, the the term big game hunting gets used a lot in this market, but I'm not sure the prices are really high right now. And they found that out with Chris Tanev. They couldn't do Tanev. You know, the Calgary market is ripping the flames for the Tanev return, and. And so the Canucks couldn't do Tanev. I'll get into Tanev later. But the prices are high right now, and I'm not so sure the Canucks are big game hunting. I wouldn't be surprised if they just add depth because simply, look, they've already made a couple of big deals. They got Zadorov, they got Lindholm, right? And, you know, you look at uh, what Lakara Mackey's doing um, over in Sweden. What's he got now? I think 18 goals uh, or 17. He's a 19-year-old in the top Swedish league. He's doing wonderful. I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to be, if you're a Canucks fan, cough up a guy like that, um, you know, for just to get a big name at the deadline. I'm not so sure they're big game hunting. We will see, but I'm, the prices are pretty high. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they just added depth, but there's a, the, the trade deadline's a week today. Uh, time will tell which uh, way they go. Uh, so, Talk to us about Pedersen and what you've heard about how this last week has played out. 
Oh, boy. Uh, very interesting how we got here, Jason. Two things played a role. First, the noise in the market was too much for the team and the player. They can't have Pedersen news breaking about his contract every week when you're getting a team ready for the NHL playoffs. Pedersen himself said two days ago, I hear the noise, a lot of noise in the Canadian market. Now, do not discount the noise in the market issue. There was a lot of leaks in the past week, and when it came to Pedersen news, some people were not very happy about that. So, you know, the noise was an issue. But the second thing, teams started calling uh, the Canucks about Pedersen after hearing all that noise, and that worked in the Canucks' favor. Carolina showed big-time interest. No team is going to trade for Pedersen without an extension. If he wasn't extending in Vancouver, he wasn't going to extend in Carolina. Canucks met with Pedersen. They did. It wasn't Pedersen going to the Canucks. It was the Canucks meeting with Pedersen. They had a good talk, and look, it was explained. You know, there's a lot of noise. You know, there's a possibility of a trade. And I'll combine that combination and the meeting, that was enough to get Patterson and his camp to the negotiating table. But some people still think uh, Patterson, like a week ago or two weeks ago, there was no desire from Patterson to talk contract. There wasn't. He wanted to talk after the season. Some people this is the situation. Here's where we are. And it's, it's gearing up towards them doing something. After being frustrated, it was a brilliant move, by the way, by Rutherford. After being frustrated with a lack of concrete talks, Rutherford found a way to get the talks going again. Ownership. No one's talked about ownership this week. You cannot cut a deal of this magnitude without their approval. They got that approval. Canucks clearly made it, um, made it clear to, to the Pedersen's camp, we don't want a Kachuk and Goudreau and Calgary situation. We're trying to avoid that. They have seen a lot of star players leave Canadian cities in the last few years. They do not want that to happen with Pedersen. Now, I said they're, they're talking all term, like lots of term, right? I said six, seven, eight years yesterday. could be lower than six. Canucks want long term. They don't want three or four years. They don't want that. They're in this mess because the previous regime only did Pedersen for three, and they don't want to do that again. They don't want to go through this scenario. In, in the perfect world, they can get them at six, seven, eight years, but it's up to him and what his camp feels is, is appropriate. But no way the Canucks want to three- or four-year deal, but we'll see which way uh, these talks go. doesn't matter how they got here, guys. They're here. They're talking contract. Let's see if it happens. So I guess the big question that I have is, have yep. the Canucks heard what they want to hear from PD, which is, I want to be a Vancouver Canuck. I don't want to have yep. my arm twisted into being a Vancouver Canuck. Yeah. I really, truly want to be a Vancouver Canuck. They got that when, when Patterson gave his agents uh, permission to talk. And I, I think uh, they got that when uh, he got the agents got the permission and the go-ahead to start talking with the Canucks. I, you know what? Uh, I think he's there. I think he's there. I, I, two, three weeks ago, I, I, I don't think he was there. He met with the agents in Toronto at the All-Star game. Nothing changed. Like everyone thought, oh, my goodness, there's going to be this big meeting with the agents in Toronto at the All-Star game. Nothing changed. And, but this week, obviously, things changed. And they are talking, and like I said, I, I, it, it doesn't matter how they got here. They're talking, and from what everyone I talk to is, is, is like some people think this is going to get done. It, it, it's, it's going to get done. If it doesn't get done, well, then they got to go back to the drawing board. Okay, I have a two-parter for you. Here's the first mm. part. 
Do you think these contract discussions or the con- the noise in the marketplace is affecting Pedersen? Yeah, I didn't think it was. I was pretty adamant it wasn't. But when he told Ian McIntyre exactly that, that he he hears the noise, then you know what? It it, it is. It is correct. It, it, it was getting to him. I didn't think it was because he wasn't talking contract. But clearly, we're in a Canadian market. Players here, they clearly, you know, some of them know what's going on Twitter. Some of them know what's going on the talk shows. They know Canucks Twitter. They obviously got friends who send them stuff. Hey, look, did you see this? This is what they're saying about you. It's a Canadian market. It's incredibly hard not to hear the noise. But when he told Ian McIntyre, yes, I hear the noise, and it's, 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 there's a lot of noise in the Canadian market, absolutely, Jason, I think it got to him. Absolutely. I think that's one of the major reasons why we are where we are today, the, the, the noise. Here's part two of the question. Should the Canucks be concerned about hitching their wagon to a player whose play seems to be affected by the noise in the marketplace? Because, Rick, I think we can all agree that the Canucks' goal is to get back to a Stanley Cup final and maybe even win it this time. I don't know if you recall the playoffs or Mm -hmm. the noise of 2011, but there's a lot of it. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, there was a lot of pressure too, right? And and those guys in 211, like I always look at the Sedin twins and how brilliant they were on and off the ice. I, I don't think those guys ever let the noise get to them. Like I don't ever remember the Sedin twins um, being affected by the market, um, that what was being said in the media. And, you know, I never ever heard uh, from any agents uh, that the Sedin twins were concerned about what was happening in the market. I, those guys just went out and played and were consummate pros on and off the ice. And, and we live in a different world now, though. Most of the Sedin twins' career, there wasn't social media. These guys got so I'm not blaming it on social media uh, at all, but these guys all have cell phones now, and it's easy to see what what the media and social media is saying about them. It's a different. It, it, Twenty years ago, there was no cell phones and no social media. Nowadays, I'm sorry, but it's a part. It's a, you know I talk to agents all the time. Guys, you know hey, I can't believe this guy said this. This guy said that. It's a part of the makeup of an NHL player. Now, you don't have to deal with that in Columbus or or Carolina or L.A. or Florida, Mm -hmm. but you sure do in a Canadian market. It it does get to you sometimes. There's no question. uh, These guys are human. Uh, You know, Tockett said Pedersen went to him two, two, three, four weeks ago and said, how do I deal with the noise? So, you know, it's affecting them. It is. You know, and and I'm I'm sorry, but it is. And the makeup of an NHL player in a Canadian market is the noise that comes with playing in a Canadian market. But, Rick, like, you know, on a personal level, we've had discussions about the state yeah. of, like, let's say, journalism in oh. in the time. Okay, to see, see, yeah, see no, your reaction, and and, yeah. and and what was my advice to you was yeah. don't go pining for the good old days because they're yeah. done. You just have to focus on the things that you can control because if yeah. you get too hung up and emotional on that, like just wishing things could be different, yep. like th- it's not going to change. Like they well, could, they could, they could, they could, you know, fire Halford and Bruff, but like, you know, there's still going to be people that are creating noise on social media or, you know, uh, you know, th- there's, that is part of playing in Canada. 
Yep. And you can't it change it. So yep. my concern is... But he's a high-profile player, though, J- Jason. He's, and, and listen, we got public jobs. We get ripped all the time. Yeah, right? not to the same extent. Not to the same not extent. The same, uh, we, we but like, I, if I'm investing $100 million in a player yeah. and I'm going eight years, I want to make sure that that player can handle the pressures of the market because yeah. you know people can say, I wish it was different. And I was like, well, I wish I won the lottery, but I'm probably not yeah. going to. But why is, he get, why is he on the verge of getting $100 million? Jason, because he did something right, right? Mm, yeah, they're totally. Talk, they're, yeah, they're not talking about a contract for $3 million a year. They're talking about a contract for either over 12 or under 12 because he has done some incredible, uh, you know, he's got incredible stats up to this date, which has put his agents in a really good position to get a lot of money. Right. This isn't a three, four, five million dollar player. This is a player that's going to cash in big time because of what he's done on the ice in the previous four, five, six years. So, look, it, I understand what you're saying, but it's part and parcel um, with everything that's uh, happening with him right now. It's it's been an incredible week. This last seven days, I, uh, Jason, I can't tell you that. Like it's 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 just been a, such a roller coaster up and down to something mm-hmm. new every day and. And I and I think the Canucks want to put that to bed. You know, they got a team that's leading the Western Conference, leading their division, and they just don't need this um, news every day of the week popping up about their one of their star players and their contract. That's why I think they want to get to the table, nip it in the bud, and just move on. I do want to say something about the contract. A deal of this magnitude, most agents are going to look to get as much as possible in a signing bonus, much as possible front loaded. They will get they'll get their no move and they'll get their AAV as well. Now, that means the players done the team a huge favor. The only way to win in the NHL is if players of Pedersen's ilk do them a favor and take less. Look at the Maple Leafs. You don't want that scenario on your hands. So if you can do a Pedersen contract quickly, then you can concentrate fully on the trade deadline, which is a week today. And I have been told Pedersen trade talks are not holding up any trade. Uh, Pedersen contract talks are not holding up any trade talks at all. They continue to monitor uh, the trade market. But it's going to be interesting when it's all said and done, uh, the magnitude of this deal. Um, Did you have anything more to say about TANF? Yes, quickly. The, the Canucks uh, were in on Tanev right to the end. Didn't have the assets to get it done. The Flames were looking for a young defenseman. They already took one from Vancouver and Hunter Biscavage in the Lindholm deal. Tanev going to a Western Conference team, not great news, right? The Canucks management players loved Tanev, but they couldn't get it done. Tanev himself was very curious if he would end up in Vancouver in a trade. Hard for players not to get up caught up in trade rumors. He was very well aware of the Canucks' interest. Vancouver was number one on his places to go in the trade. He still has many friends in uh, that Canucks dressing room in Vancouver, and he loves the city. Now, Here's where it gets dicey. Vancouver's going to, you know, they'll now likely try and get Tanev on July 1st, but that won't be easy. Sources tell me Tanev can get up to $5 million a year in the summer. Canucks won't like that number. They need Tanev at a way lower number, but there is so much interest in this player, the price keeps going up. So just to make to make it a long story, um, I, I was told a few weeks ago Tanev on July 1st could get, uh, you know, $4 million. Now it's up to 5 Ottawa came in. They 
they made him an offer uh, that was pretty significant as well. This player's value, like his uh, respect around the league, is pretty incredible. And if I, I look at the Canucks on the UFA market, they got their own defensemen, right? UFAs, Ian Cole, Zadorov, and Myers. But when I look at some UFA defensemen this summer, I don't see any cheap signings for the Canucks. You know the Surrey native Brendan Dillon would probably love to sign in his hometown of Vancouver. He's at $3.9 million. I can't see him dropping very much. Matt Roy of the Kings, right shot D available could be. Matt Dumba, Canucks best bet may be to re-sign Myers. He wants to be back. He's got an off-season home in Kelowna. Maybe he gives the discount uh, the Canucks need, but uh, boy, they got three UFAs, and everything I'm hearing about UFA defensemen of that ilk, those guys are all looking for uh, decent money on July 1st. Um, the people want to know about Phil Kessel. Anything new uh, there? I checked in yesterday. I, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told everyone earlier in the week. Both sides want to get it done. They're just, I, I think the Castle camp is just waiting. I don't know what the holdup is. Everything is fine in terms of both sides liking this to end up in a marriage uh, a signing, but um, there's just a, a holdup right now. I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's related to the trade deadline, but I, as I was told yesterday, same as earlier in the week, both sides want to get it done. Rick, thank you so much. Yeah, Enjoyable head as always. Enjoy the weekend, buddy. All right, big guy. <laughs> you got a big guy there at the end. You got a big guy. Yeah. My 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 point is is that um, to use one of your favorite lines, especially lately, the reality of the situation for Pedersen, and frankly for the fans in this market that are constantly complaining about all the noise, yet making themselves part of the noise by complaining about the noise. Uh-huh. The market is what the market is. And my conversation with Dollywall was like related to that because he said to a few times, you know, like, I, I, you know, I hate, hate the rumors on social media. I'm like, buddy, they ain't going away. Right. So you, so what was, this is the reality of the situation. So, so what was Talkett's advice to Petey and Talkett talked about it the other day. And this is so much easier said than done. Control the things that you can control. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really difficult. And a lot of the fans will push back on the media and be like, why don't you take accountability for what you stir up? I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think we intentionally stir up anything. If anything, we're just trying to have fun talking about a hockey team. But even if there are, and, but, but there are media that do that for sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe we're, but guess what? It is the reality of the situation. It ain't going away. And it's, it, it's it, been it, like this since the foundation of the team. Reporters it, have been doing this since the team was formed. It's it just there was no social media then, but it still existed. It is part of the reason why the Vancouver Canucks are worth well over a billion dollars and teams like Columbus are not. That is the passion of the marketplace. If you think hockey players in this city have a lot to deal with, go to like international soccer, the things that those guys have to deal with. Go watch the Maradona documentary about when he went to Napoli. Like it, it's the pressure it's, on Messi he has to play every single match. Apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't take a day off. So, poor guy. so what I'm what I'm saying is is like you can sit there and go like it's wrong that it's this way. It shouldn't be this way. Petey shouldn't have to deal with that. You know, to which you could push back if you want, but even. Like, I won't push back on that. I'll say, yeah, but he's going to have to. So the the movie line I often quote is is the Goodfellas one when 
um, the guy with the uh, with the bar gets a loan from the or he gets involved with uh, the mafia, right? And then, then like you know, he makes a deal with the devil. And I'm gonna have to make this sound really lame. It sounded a lot easier when uh, Ray Liotta was saying it. But like, once you took Paulie's money, mm-hmm. business bad. F you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire. F you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? F you, pay me. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of like attitude that you almost got to have in a market like Vancouver. But it's hard. Yeah, Nobody's saying it's easy. And that's why for Pedersen, it's very important. And for the Canucks, it's very important that we they make sure that this is the right fit. Because why I set it up like I did with Dollywall saying like, hey, do you think this distraction is um, affecting his play? And he's like, yeah, I think it is. Like, well, wait until the pressure of the playoffs. Yeah. Wait until the noise around the playoffs. That, that's all I'm saying. And, and, and I, I hope the Canucks are having these conversations. And, I, and I'm not advocating one way or the other. I'm really not. I'm yeah. just bringing it out there because I've seen what the pressure of the marketplace can do to players here in Vancouver. Now, the guy who always rips me for talking about Luongo, he's been blocked for a week. But, mm-hmm. like, I think there were times that the pressure in the marketplace got to Luongo and the noise... Pumping my tires quote. ...got to Luongo and the noise got to the organization. And, in fact, let's take Luongo out of this equation because I think that guy might be unblocked and he might be sending more texts. Yeah. My contract sucks. Mike Gillis has conceded... He, he admitted that as an organization, we did not handle the outside noise well during that Stanley Cup final. Yeah. So it's just something that you have to think about when you're committing that much to a player. Like, don't you think that, don't you think that possibly Jonathan Huberdeau having trouble in Calgary and then all the people talking about Huberdeau having trouble in Calgary contributed to Jonathan Huberjo having more trouble in Calgary. Yes. And I the think, fact that he feels maybe a little bit even trapped by this big contract mm-hmm. that and people will say, well I don't feel sorry for him. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for him, but the Flames are in a tough situation now. That's all. Yeah, I I think there's a lot there to unpack. Part of it, and you brought up, I don't know whether this was intentional or not, but you're like, I, you know, someone was criticizing me so I blocked them. Well, that's what we often tell the professional athletes to do in a sort of more yeah. not literal sense because you can't you don't have the benefit of just blocking it out. It's tough to block it out because it's everywhere. And at the same time, uh, it affects you. Even though you've taken at some would say painstaking measures to block it out, it still has an effect to the point where you're doing like a live therapy session on radio at like twenty four in the morning. So glass houses and throwing stones and all that, there is something to be said for, well, wait a minute, there's two ways to go about it. Either you deal with the pressure or we tell you to deal with the pressure and the outside noise, or you're like, can we adjust the pressure levels and the outside noise levels? Now, I don't know if either is possible. I actually don't think it is. I think it's. I think there. I think being, organizationally, the things there that can that the Canucks can do, you know, talk and mention that we have a. Uh, 
a mental health coach that you can go to, and he right. can give you strategies to, to deal with. You can you can protect them in in certain ways. You know, you can give them advice. The young players, I think, it's very important to talk to them about social media and the impact it can have on you psychologically. Yeah. So there are things that you can do, but sometimes it just takes a certain type of personality to thrive in these high-pressure moments. Yeah, and then that's that's where the argument comes in about, well, what happens if we made it a less-pressure environment? And I, 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 don't, I get it. I absolutely get it. I can understand, but I'm with you at the end of the day when we talk about the reality of the situation. I'm just not sure any of it's realistic. I think it's a dynamic that's baked into this city, this market, this team, and most importantly, the fan base. Because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Is there's a lot of people that are hyper-focused on this one particular thing and one particular team in this city. And that is, you get the good of it, you get the bad of it, and you get the otherwise of it. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.